Welcome to Bugs and Beards, the podcast home for everything fly fishing and fly tying. Kick back as we sit down and talk with some of your favorite fly tires and fishermen while we discuss with them the tips and techniques they've learned on the river and behind the vice so that you can use those lessons learned to make your time more effective. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Bugs and Beard podcast. Uh, This was a pretty cool episode, a little bit different. I don't have Pat with me today, I just have... uh, my dad and another special guest with us today. Uh, this is actually the first time for dad being on the podcast. And um, the other special guest is a longtime friend of ours and actually one of the guys I guess we could say credit to getting us into the industry. And um, it's Eric Strout. Eric's been around the fly fishing world for a long time and um, kind of had a change of path lately and is on a new path. And it really coincides with the one that we've been at. And, um, another thing is, is, uh, you know, the podcast, we mainly deal with fishing and don't get into a a lot of other things, but one thing we're going to, one thing that's very prevalent in our business, in our business motto and our, you know, the way we've run our business is our faith. And, um, we see our faith a lot of times in our fishing. And so I I think that's what we're just going to call this episode, faith and fishing. And, um, we're just going to discuss a little bit of that today and how we got to where we are and, you know, how the Lord has provided for us through everything. And uh, I just hope you like this. And if you do, you know, share it, whatever you want to do there. But this is just a special episode for us. So let's get into it here. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing great. It's good to see you guys. You too. How you doing, Dad, since you're I'm first time on I'm doing all right. Here? Good. I haven't seen Eric for a while and glad to have him out here with us. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun here today. So, so let's get into it, uh, Eric. I'll, I'll start out, and uh, we'll discuss a little bit of history between us, and then we'll get. One thing I like to do on the podcast is I like to um, hear a guy's story more so than talk about fishing and stuff like that. Like if you if you would have listened to Walt's the Walt Young episode, that was one of the best ones I think we've done, and it, it was just Walt's history in the industry and in fishing and. And how he got to where he is today. And I think a lot of people like that and can relate to it. And so I think we're going to get into that. But uh, for us, our history is, you know, one of, I've said it many times, our mentor and and uh, uh, whatever you want to call him, Jack Igo, the one that got us into fly fishing years and years ago, was is Eric's neighbor and a longtime friend of his. And um, so Jack got us hooked up with you. And from there, it just snowballed and dad got into tying for you for a little while and then we learned other things and so and now we're here where we're at today but how did you get into fly fishing oh boy my first introduction first i want to say walt we were talking about (laughs) walt walt is a dear friend to all of us walt is one of the smartest people i've ever known if you ever have the time to sit down and just <laughs> pick his brain, uh-huh. right? If you're able to digest everything that comes out of his mouth, <laughs> it, it's well worth it. Uh, dear friend, um, my introduction to fly fishing happened on the banks of the Little Juniata in Birmingham, PA. Okay. My great-grandfather was my babysitter. And his idea of babysitting me was sitting me on the bank while he fished. That'll work. And when I could, 
as soon as I could sort of navigate my way around the stream, he gave me a fly. And I had that fly for two years. <laughs> That's all I fished with. And I'll never forget when I lost it. Oh, my. You know, it was like, oh, it was crushing. But um, that was my introduction. I then got away from fishing for a long time. Um, we, my family moved to Pittsburgh. And I ended up, I went into the Army after high school. And then I, when I came out, I was heavily into sports. I was playing uh, semi-pro football. Oh, wow. And had dreams of making it to the show. Right. Yeah, I um, didn't know that. <clears throat> yeah. It was, uh, I pay for it every day. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it was about nine, 1994 when my career ended due to some concussions, oh, and yeah. other injuries. And then I, I really turned back to fishing. Yeah. It was always a passion. And I, I'd always fished, but I was never that serious about it. And about that time in my life, I was looking for something to replace football with. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, got back into it hot and heavy. And before I knew it, by, I'm going to guess, 98 or 99, I was guiding and tying flies professionally. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's all she wrote. That's mm -hmm. pretty much all I've done since. Yeah. What got you, what got you thinking about guiding? What led you down that path? Uh, actually, I was losing clients, uh, fly tying clients. Oh. I never had an interest in guiding. Never wanted to do it. I was tying flies commercially, and it was about that time that the imports started coming in. And what I was getting paid for, for nymphs, I think at that time it was about nine bucks a dozen, eight bucks a dozen. Right. Um, shops were selling them for that right mm -hmm. and uh so i needed to do something to to gain additional income yeah. and i had a couple of shops asking me if, if i would guide mm -hmm. and I, I thought man i don't want to do this and I, I it was probably the first or second time i went out i went man this is great <laughs> i really enjoyed it right so you know from that uh, i guided for a shop down in spruce creek for a little while and uh Soon after that, I thought, I'm going to do this on my own. Yeah. And that's what I did. That's kind of how kind of how I got into it, too. I mean, we had to shop, and with having a shop, you almost have to have a guide mm -hmm. or at least somebody that you can rely on for that. So it just kind of was a natural progression for me to go into guiding. But as soon as I started doing it, I loved it, too. I just, I'm a people person. I love being around people and talking, and it was just a natural fit for me. Right. Yeah, and there, there's there's something to be said. You you can catch a lot of fish. Yeah. When you get somebody into a fish that had no business being into that fish, right? And it's it, you, and they walk away from that experience knowing something they didn't know prior to that. Yeah. It's rewarding. Yeah, I, you know, and when I go into guiding, like I don't go into it as how many fish are we going to catch today? It's, it's for me, it's what are we going to learn today? Right. You know, if you, I always think of myself as a, as a client, you know, I can fish just about anywhere I want. I can go anywhere I want and do what I want, but if I'm going to pay somebody, I want to come away with something. And if just to come away with saying, Hey, I caught a dozen fish today, that doesn't mean a whole lot to me. But if I come away with, well, Hey, I learned this new technique. Where can I use that at? Where can I do that with? I, you know, that pays for it. It's a learning experience for me. And that's the way I go, go about being a guide. If, you know, 
take a long take a take something away more than just the fish. The memories are great, but if you can apply it to somewhere else, you're right. way better off. Well, it took me about five years to get to that point. Oh yeah. Like initially when I started guiding, I thought it's this is about numbers, right? Yeah. Yep. And then I soon realized that number one for the for the customer, it wasn't really about numbers. Right. Um, you want you said it. You want them to come away with something, mm-hmm. yeah. and you want value to it. Absolutely. I really started to focus on technique. I focused on um, conditions. Yeah. You know, every day on the stream is different. You know? Exactly. I I am so blessed to have spent so many days on the river. Yeah. And every single day is different. And when you can convey what you're thinking to somebody, mm-hmm. they learn so much. And yep. and uh, you create a relationship. I've, I've got clients from all over the country that I can go in just about any city and call somebody. <laughs> you know, and it's it's great. Yeah. But it's because you've you've shared an experience together, and <clears throat> you know if you come away successful and you've caught some fish, that's fantastic. Right. But it's about so much more. Yeah. 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 I always thought, oh my, I'd be afraid to do that because I thought it's about numbers. I'd take people out and they wouldn't catch no fish. You know well, what do you do? Mm-hmm. But Sean, so many times comes back from a guide guided trip and he'll be so excited about what he taught this person or what he taught that person and how quickly they picked it up. Right. Well, I had a trip last week. Um, guy comes to work on a specific cast. Yeah. That he and I have been working on. I've been working with him on it for a couple of years. Mm. And he's, he's just about got it perfected. The guy's a great angler. Yeah. I mean, he's really good. But he said, I really want to work on this cast. And it was windy. And I said, this is the day. Get here. This is the perfect condition to yeah. work on this. Mm-hmm. And it was horizontal snow. You know, it was fantastic. Yeah. And we caught fish, Yeah, wow. w- which, was, which was a bonus. But the idea was we got out in those conditions. Yeah. Uh, I actually had a program in my guiding service where it was designed around bad conditions. Yeah. You, that's when you want to fish. Yeah. If, yeah. You, if you want to get better at this game, you don't just go in, you know, the second week of May when you've got sulfurs coming off. Right. You got to get out there in August when the water's low and clear mm-hmm. or in November when that wind is howling down there. You know, you've got to get out in the bad conditions. This has been a common theme of the last couple of podcasts here. We just did a podcast um, on fishing muddy water. Yeah. High muddy water. Oh, that's my favorite time to fish. Mm-hmm. It's become, it's become a staple of me and Pat's fishing. You know, we used to sit at home and think, Oh man, I got to wait three days to go fishing now. Well, I'm on the water now. They don't go anywhere. No, huh? they still got to eat. They're still there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they might move as their, their position in the stream. That's right. But yeah. they're still in that stream. That's right. Yeah. So that's been a, that's been a humongous thing for me too. And, and that's something that, you know, an easy thing to pass along to guys, bad weather conditions and you still go out and catch a fish. Well, if you catch two fish on that day, that client's excited. Well, man, I never would have thought I could have gone today. Yeah. So it's easy to be successful. Well, it's not easy to be successful at guiding, but you just have to look at success in a different light. That's right. That's right. I mean, you've said it, but uh, if you go onto a stream that has trout in it, and you work for eight hours. Yeah. 
You're going to catch a fish. Oh, no doubt. Mm-hmm. You're yep. going to catch a fish. I'll never forget somebody asked Walt one time, yeah. you know, what do you do when you get skunked? And Walt looked at this guy like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and he said, I've never been skunked. <laughs> and the guy looked at him like, you're not telling the truth here. And Walt's like, yes, I am. And if you know Walt, he's yeah. telling the truth. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I've never been skunked. <laughs> you know, but it's pretty true. I mean, in, in 20 years of guiding for a living, I can count on one hand the number of times that I've gone out with customers yeah. and not caught a fish. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Because we're out there and we're there to work. I mean, we're having fun, but. Yeah. I, I mean, I honestly can think of now I've had a much shorter guiding career than you. And there's really only one day that really sticks out in my mind that we didn't catch a fish. And it was just ridiculous conditions. Mm-hmm. And that was the only day they had to fish. Right. And they came in saying, listen, we know we're not going to catch a fish today, but this is what I want to work on and this and this and this. Absolutely. And that's what we did. And they went away, the happiest clients in the world. You did your job. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, because you book your trips in advance. You don't know what the weather's going right. to be. So yeah. you got to be prepared to fish in all situations. That's right. Yeah, You know, and if you base your business off of the weather forecast, forget it. Yeah. You know, I tell guys, just get here. Yes. You know, if it's flood conditions and it's dangerous, that's one thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But don't not come because it's windy, there's rain in the forecast. I mean, if that water's fishable, Mm -hmm. get here. Mm -hmm. You know, and and you hear guys all the time ask me, what's the average flow? Yeah, there is no average flow. There are peaks, right, and there are valleys. Mm-hmm. Tailwaters have average flows. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there is no where it's supposed to be. Right, yeah. it where it's supposed to be is where it is right now. Right, <laughs> get here and let's deal with it. Yeah, and let's see what we can do. So, one thing that one thing <clears throat> that sticks out to me about you that's different than a lot of people right now as a guide is. Uh, you're very well-rounded. And I think that's one thing that is lacking in a lot of guides right now. Uh, I think with the new Euro craze and stuff like that, a lot of guys are, it's all about the fish and the Euro, you're going to catch fish. And uh, that was one thing that, I mean, I've seen things of yours and, and I'll just tell a quick story. One time I can remember when I was new into fly fishing, it was even before dad got hooked up with you and stuff. I remember stopping in your shop and I was struggling with tying dry flies. And I said, listen, I said, I need you to show me how to tie a dry fly. I, I said, I'm just struggling getting my feathers right and stuff. And you're like, well, then you need to tie parachutes. And you sit down and tie a parachute. And that was my first real experience with you. And I'll never forget that. Really? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> And uh, that was at the shop down there right along the creek. And uh, I'll never forget. But, you know, you fish for everything. You fish every style. You don't get pigeonholed into one thing. And and that's one thing that impresses me about your guide style and stuff compared to other guys. I know there's a lot of guys that are just number guys, and and it's easy to do that. But Well, thanks. Um, You know, I've always been of the opinion that, you know, fly fishing is – comprised of a lot of different disciplines and you'll you'll always have the the latest craze yeah the fads yep. and the, the things like that you can do all of them um for me i'm a nymph fisherman and i'll put a dry fly on when they're rising right mm-hmm. and generally i'm not going to fish a dry fly 
unless I see that. Exactly. Unless somebody wants to fish a dry fly. And you, so there are times when it's, it's, um, it might be more effective to search the water with a dry. Right. But for the most part, I'm going to get down and dirty with them. Um, I love the wet fly game. I don't fish wet flies exclusively unless I feel like doing that. Right. You know, for the most part, trout are feeding in the rivers. They're feeding in the drift line. So I'm going to drift them some food. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just how I approach it, you know. So I think, I think you need to be diversified. And if you're going to guide, you want to be able to teach right. as many aspects of it as you can. As many tools as in, in your belt as you can Absolutely. get. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, one thing for me this year, and when I got into nymphing, I struggled with nymphing. And uh, it, nymphing is one of those things that you have to have somebody show you. It's to pick it up from a book or, or watching a YouTube video. You can't get that feel. That's, I agree. And, uh, and I really struggled with it. And it wasn't until a friend of mine learned from an old timer how he nymph fished. And then my buddy showed me that I understood it and then passed it on to dad and my son and stuff like that. Yeah. That's you know, I had, uh, I had a, uh, portion of my business a, a, a number of years where I guess I had just written a lot about nymphing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I had a lot of people come and and want a nymph and I had a guy work for me in the shop John Stoyanoff mm-hmm. John was a fantastic nympher still is I'm sure um, of course Walt yeah Walt is oh yeah great nymph yeah. fisherman um, of course you know we had the influences of Joe Humphreys right and and so I did a lot of nymphing, and I, I wrote an article once, I'll never forget it, called Nymphing the Hatches, and I had guys booking trips with me like you would not believe. They wanted to nymph the sulfur hatch. Oh, yeah. And so I spent that year, I spent a number of nights with fish rising all around us right. with nymphs on, mm-hmm. and I want to tell you, that was one of the most effective things that we ever did. Right. Yeah. Nymphing through the hatch mm-hmm. and deep nymphing, not yeah. not on the surface. I mean, deep nymphing Perfect. just like you would during the day. Well, it we, totally makes sense because that nymph is starting to emerge. You're bouncing it right across yeah. the bottom during the hatch, and it's right where they're you're right in their lane. Absolutely, and and big fish. Yeah, and uh, yeah. so it was it was really really interesting. And I it, for a little while there, I had sort of a reputation as a nymph guy, you know. Yeah. But I wouldn't classify myself that way. I'd, I'd, I'd like to be thought of as well-rounded. I appreciate right. that. That's a nice compliment. But, um, you know, there are so many facets to the fly fishing game. Um, if you want to fish dry flies, go to a brookie stream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put on a royal wolf and cast. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Um, you know, you can do it all. Yeah, I've gotten more into that this year, and especially with the dry dropper, learning the dry dropper technique. I mean deadly 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 mm-hmm. especially on those wild brookie streams mm-hmm. you, you're just covering covering every facet by doing it right but uh one thing I, what i was i'll get back to what i was starting to say there is whenever i learned to nymph fish it was a process and i wanted to learn how to do it and i had to drop everything else and right i i said to myself this year i am not taking a wet fly or a dry fly with me all i'm doing is carrying nymphs in my box and i'm gonna hammer this until i figure it out <laughs> and it took me a season where i didn't catch many fish until i figured it out and then 
it went up. And and I'm kind of getting back to that this year, I think. I think this year I'm going to take the wet flies with me a lot more and leave the nymphs behind just to get back into it and get right. better equipped at it. <clears throat> Nymphing is, uh, there's so much to it. There's uh, depth, the lead, you know, so your rod position, very important. Um, approach, the way you approach. Right. The run, I mean, you want to see where the fish are, and then you have to position yourself so that your flies are in their zone off of the cast right. at, the, at the right time. But most importantly, and, and people forget this, you've got to be able to see the take. Mm -hmm. So, so many guys in, in the nymphing game think that it's a feel thing. Mm -hmm. It's visual. Everything in fly fishing is visual. If you can't see, you're behind the eight ball. Right. And so what I try to teach with the nymphing game is make sure you're in a place where you can see what's happening with those flies. You have to see when they stop. Right. And, you know, so to your point, it's so, mu so much more helpful to be with somebody standing with you that can put you in that place mm -hmm. and tell you what you're looking for. You really want to experience it. The best thing I ever did was I was fishing with Josh Miller one day and I told him, I said, I from wanna, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I want to watch you fish this run. I said, I know there's a lot of fish in it. I want to see how you would do it. And there was about an eight foot high bank. And I stood on top of that eight foot high bank and looked down in the water at him and where he was casting. You wouldn't believe how much I learned from that angle. Right. Oh, it was amazing watching the fish take the fly and how he was working his rod. Right. I, I, I probably learned more in 20 minutes of watching him fishing there than I did in the last three years of yeah. fishing. Yep. That, that was amazing to me how, <clears throat> how the trout work and right. It, it was neat. So if you have a spot where you can get above somebody like that, yeah. Sit in a tree stand or right. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you said about, uh, feeling the fish hit when you're nymphing. I would think more times than not, you're going to pick the fish up before you feel anything. Absolutely. If you're on top of your game. Absolutely. You've uh, got to see when that when those flies stop. Yeah. We had a, uh, a, a fellow come in our shop, and and uh, he was talking to another customer of ours who's a, actually a competition fisherman, and, he, and this guy said, how do you catch 80-some fish in a day when the most I've ever caught is 55, and I've felt every fish. I hooked every fish I felt. And the competition fellow says, well, if you're feeling it, you're already too late. That's right. <laughs> That's right. The other thing is, if you're feeling it, you probably don't have enough slack mm -hmm. yeah. To, yeah. Get, to get that drift. Yeah. So, and, you know, in, in the nymphing game, if you don't have slack, you probably don't have depth. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's all about depth and, and visu visual. You, you pointed to it a little bit earlier there and uh, about getting down to the fat fish as fast as you can with your cat. And that was one thing that I've learned. And uh, we had Pat Weiss in, on here in the beginning. And, and I've learned some things from Pat and how he fishes. And his cast, his, like his whole setup is about getting the line to the fish as fast as it can. He casts specifically a certain way. He sets his leader up. For it to go out and shoot straight to the bottom. Absolutely. And uh, and that's something, you know, a lot of times it's chuck and duck. 
mm-hmm. style of fishing, you know, there's not the thought of the cast put into the fly fishing, into the nymphing. It's just uh, get it up there and it'll get down. Oh, it's very, very important. Uh, and the leader. Yeah. Uh, I use a Harvey leader. I've used it all my life. Um, I've never found a leader better. Hmm. I used to argue with Gary Borger at the <laughs> shows about his leader formulas. He said, you should try this. And I, I have. Um, <laughs> nothing is better than a Harvey leader. That's one I haven't fished yet. I that's one thing that I'm always experimenting with and yeah. you know, trying to get it better and I, once you get it dialed in, then somebody says, Well, you need to try this. Yeah, I've tried them all. Um I've never found something even close to equivalent to a Harvey leader. Hmm. And it's uh I've got it to the point now where I can literally watch somebody cast for two or three minutes. And I can adjust that leader to fit their cast. Right. Uh, I think it's so important. We we don't put enough emphasis on the leader. It that is your delivery system. And I try to tell people that you know you want to be consistent in in your fishing. There's there's so many things we can't control. We can't control the flows. We can't control the weather. We can't control the fish. Right. We can control our gear. And why would you not want to throw a consistent mechanism at these fish all the time if i make 10 casts the exact same way i want that leader to respond the same way Mm -hmm. every time we buy those leaders in no sorry about this but you buy a leader in a store and once you start to eat into that right you cannot reproduce it right Mm -hmm. tippet and leader material that you buy in a store they're not the same thing you really can't reproduce that leader unless you put a new one on right so you know, by by tying a leader, I, I have butt sections on my leaders that are years old. Mm-hmm. You don't have to mess with the butt end of that. But I can reproduce that same leader over and over and over again. And you'd be surprised. The, the guys that have never fished with a Harvey leader, by the end of the day, they're making that leader do exactly what it's supposed to do. Mm. Because it's consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's very important. And, you know, with, with nymphing. You want to get down quick, you've got to have a good leader design. If you don't have a good leader design, you won't get down. Right. And and that's a lot of thing too. A lot of people don't understand. And that's hard to grasp when you're first getting into it. You have to go as light as you can. And that's that's a key to it because you're not going to get down if you don't go light. And I know I struggled with that. Like how are you going to get a size 18 fly with a 2.4 bead on it to go to the bottom real quick? Well, it'll shoot like a like a rocket to the bottom if your leader set up. Yeah, correct. I used to talk about, you know, if you stand in a heavy riffle, mid-thigh deep, and you drop a single split shot in the water, it'll go right to the bottom because mm-hmm. it's not attached to anything. Yeah. You attach exactly. it to a piece of mono, that thing's going to sail Drag. down the river. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yep. so it's important, you know, that there, there's a lot of we, – we, that's a whole other show on leaders, but uh, your leader is extremely important. To the nymphing game, to the dry fly game, to any of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. Dry fly, you, your leader's not right. You're not going to get the correct roll. It's not. It's going to slap the water instead yep. of fall on the water. And For sure. Yep. Well, let's get into this topic that I actually started it off with, and that's uh, our faith. And that's one of the big things that's um, It's a little bit different to both of us because, you know, I was born – in a Christian home, my, you know, my mom and dad raised me as a, you know, 
if the doors were open, you were in church. That's mm-hmm. the way I was raised. That's the way my dad was raised. And, and, uh, so I had it easy being a Christian, I guess. And, uh, everybody comes to the Lord in a different way. And you came in a different way than, than me and dad did. And, uh, I, I, let's get into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, grew up Catholic priest at the house every weekend, uh, altar boy, yeah. In fact, I, I came home from boot camp. I graduated from boot camp to serve Christmas Mass. Oh, my. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but never had a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, personal testimony aside, um, you know, it, everyone has different things that bring them to their knees. Right. Right. I had an experience that brought me to my knees, and the Lord put somebody in my path that I actually hired to work for me, who happened to be a minister. And I was struggling at the time. I, I mean, I was, I was in one of those places in life where I just, I didn't know which way to turn, Yeah, right? And I didn't know he was a pastor when I hired him. <laughs> and uh, turned out he couldn't work on a Sunday that I needed him. <laughs> and I said, I said, what's going on? I, I, I really need you to be yeah. here, and you're just starting here. You might want to make a good impression yeah. with me, right? He said, well, he said, I'm a pastor at a church. I said, really? I got to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next thing you know, I'm on the riverbank. Uh, his name was Josiah. And I'm telling Josiah my my problems, right? <laughs> and he just listened and uh, went back to the to the office and gave me a Bible. And it was a King James Bible, right. King James Version. He said, just read this. Told me what to read. I think it was John. Mm. I went back to my apartment that night, opened it up, started reading it. It made zero sense. None. I read it over and over. It made no sense. I went in the next day. I said, Josiah. I said, this, this is Greek, <laughs> man. I don't, I don't get any of this. He said, that's okay. Just keep reading it. Yeah. Long story short, um, within a couple of weeks of that, things started to make sense. I'm reading it, and I'm, you know, it actually takes a while Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for that to to digest. Mm -hmm. And perspective started to change. And uh, from that point forward, uh, my life took a dramatic turn. I, I I really succumbed to Jesus. Yeah. And since that time, I've been baptized. You know, my, my kids at that time couldn't spell God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've got a 10-year-old now that when he goes out on the pitcher's mound, he carves a cross in the mound. <laughs> yeah. You know, writes Jesus on his arms before a wrestling match. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I love it. Yeah. My kids come home from school and they say, hey, I shared Jesus today. Yeah. I'm like, great. Now you're going. Yeah. So I got to a place where I, I said, you know, I don't know what my future path is. And I didn't even know if it was in the fishing business. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I soon learned that I am to do what I'm good at, but I'm going to do it for him. Yep. And uh, it's not always good for the checkbook, but I'm not worried about that. 
you know, God does provide. That's right. The Lord will provide. And uh, he has thus far. And yep. it's, it's amazing. It, the amount of trust that goes into that is, uh, it's very freeing. Mm-hmm. You, so you really have to, you have to get into the light before you can see how dark yes. the world was that you were in. Yeah, exactly. And um, so it, I've really made it my mission now to, you know, I still take guys fishing. But I share Jesus, and my my real mission is to get men to open this book. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's how it starts. This is the sword. Yeah, and that's in essence how we build our business. I mean, we totally build our business around the Lord. You know, God put us in the situations. God led us to you way before. Yeah, he right. led you to the Lord. You think about that. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and now here it is, full circle, bringing it back around, bringing you back around to us, and you know, without you having Dad tie flies for you and get the connections in the industry that we needed to, and giving him some advice early on and stuff like that, you know, we wouldn't be where we were today, and you know, we've always been, for instance we were at the point where it was go big or go home and mom and dad was very reluctant on the go big very very reluctant mm-hmm. so god provided a way to go big he provided a fire in our shop yeah and uh we expanded the store <laughs> yeah and, and it, it, it's kept growing right you know and the lord will provide when you when you lay it on him but one thing too that i want to like i don't want this section of, I don't want to be Bible beating you on this section of the podcast. You, you know, you're here for the fishing and stuff like that. God is, God is there. Like, you know, you see people posting all the time with their pictures. Well, I'm at church when I'm on the stream and stuff like that. Well, you're not at church. Right. Church is a completely different thing. Right. But if you can't see God in the stream right. and in nature around you, you, you know that's that's where fishing and faith tie together and and that's kind of where i would like to lead this podcast to and and you know and reach out to you and say listen god's all around you and you just need to open your eyes and see it that's it i you know i people are drawn to nature mhm there's a reason for that yep. that that's because that is creation mhm when you're in a river, you are touching creation. Yes. Yeah. Okay. When you're in New York City, you're not touching anything God created. Yeah. So when you stand in a river, you know, even today, we can't move rivers. We can't create rivers. Right. All right. So the little Juniata, you think you can reproduce that? Yeah. It can't happen. We have all the technology. We can make a cell phone work. We can put people on the moon. We can put the Hubble spacecraft up. We cannot make a river. Right. And yeah, can you make water flow somewhere? Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't make it the river. Yeah. And you know, my old pastor always used to, we did a series in my old youth group where it was defending your faith. And um, one of the things was, was the big things that you can have a painting on the wall. Okay. That pa- that painting was created without it being to for it to be created, you had to have a creator. Mm-hmm. That painting wouldn't just appear on the wall, right? You know, it didn't just 
somebody snapped their fingers and, uh, you know, two particles collided and a painting appeared on the wall. Right. The, for every creation, there is a creator. And you can't be in nature and not see creation. That's right. And uh, that's one of the biggest things. Like, I love, for me, and I know now it is for you now that it really stands out to you, but we were discussing this earlier. I get a ton of clients that were, you know, pastors or something like that. And I love being around those kind of people because iron sharpens iron. And, you know, I've grown so much into faith by guiding other people yeah. and sharing my faith. And uh, and even with non-believers, too, I was telling you a story beforehand here where one of my favorite spots to fish, I mean, it's literally one of my favorite spots to fish where I park the car across from it they cut the bank away and you can see this the stratosphere of the earth in in the in the side of the bank you can see the layers of rock and stuff like that and it goes straight up and then makes a 90 degree turn and goes straight back down and uh, i had two or three clients there and they were looking at it and they were all impressed with the nature and they're like oh man that must have took millions and millions of years for that to go straight up like that and i'm thinking I'm thinking in my head, looking at it, well, how did that just millions and millions of years, the rocks just perfectly bend at 90 degrees and not crack and one, you know, if you go to Genesis, it says in Genesis during the story of the flood where the water came from inside the earth and from above the earth. Right. And for it to come from inside the earth, it had to push the earth up. Right. And that's where your mountains come from. You know, that's the biblical account of where mountains come from. And there it is evident. Uh, now, granted, man cut away that bank so you can see it. But man cut away that bank so God could show his creation. Right. So. We, we were talking earlier. But, <clears throat> you know, there was water to start all this. Mm-hmm. God's spirit was hovering over the deep. Yep. Right. Where did all the water here come from? The the earth is is 71% covered in water. Yeah. You know, think about that. Where did it come from? You know, and most of it's salt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was uh I was looking up some statistics the other day. It was funny. You know, human beings comprise 0.01% of all life. Wow. Mm, wow, that's interesting. Isn't that, in, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Wow. Um, the biomass of living creatures in the ocean is about 15% of the biomass wow. on the planet. Mm. Just interesting things to think about. Nobody can tell you where the water came from. Yeah. The whole planet is right. water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, no, I, I think, you know... To get somebody, I always said, I said before I was even saved, give me, I, I always believed in God. I just mm-hmm. didn't have the relationship. Yeah. Right. All right. And so I always said, you know, give me an atheist and put him on a trout stream for a year. If you're an atheist after that, if you don't see the grand design mm-hmm. in the fact that this little creature that grows up on the bottom of the stream eating algae hatches. And he's food for the trout while he's down there. Yep. Then he hatches, doesn't even have a mouth, lives for a day, but f- smart enough to fly upstream to lay its eggs yeah. so that they don't, don't all get washed out. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're going to tell me that that mayfly developed the trout, the prey developed the predator? Yeah. Or was it the other way around? Mm-hmm. Did the predator develop its own prey? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. 
This was this was a grand design. Well, and, and also, you're going to tell me that it just <clears throat> happened, that it evolved into all those different steps. And, and for instance, and there's another perfect example of creation. Like when we fly fish, we're fishing one insect in four to five different stages of its life. Right. You know, it's not just like me being a human. I'm born, I grow up, I die. Here's an insect that lives under a rock for a year or longer, mm-hmm. crawls up on top, swims to the top, you know, hatches, becomes a completely different beast, flies up in the tree, does its thing, and then dies, and then you fish it again in a different way. Like, there's so many steps in that piece of the puzzle that right. you, you can't, there's not, you can't see, you can't not see creation in it. And they're all important to the fish. To the algae, yep. To everything, no matter where the fish is in the stream, there is an insect there that feeds him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know whether it's midge larvae, whether it's drake nymphs, right? There, there's always something that feeds the trout. Right. So it's all self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can see darwin is in in microevolution i can see microevolution you know a bird lives on an island no predators right doesn't have to fly right. so its wings get weak it naturally breeds itself mm-hmm. with weak wings right. okay microevolution that bird was still a bird that bird just developed different body structure because right. of its environment right okay but that bird stayed a bird right <laughs> that bird didn't become a that's right. A, a rhinoceros. Right. <laughs> yeah, we didn't come from fish. Right. Let's just put it that right. way. Yeah. Yeah, we're completely different body structures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, there, I mean, that's what we wanted to key on in this. And, and we, I want to give you a chance to share whatever you want. And especially, you know, where you're going with your life now and and your fishing and your ministry and t- how you tie the two of them together and. Well, I'm still guiding full-time, still taking trips, and one of the things that we started last year, which is really a lot of fun, is every Friday night during the season, once we get to daylight savings time, (laughs) uh, we do a little thing called Word on the River, and it's free to anybody that wants to show up. All I ask is that you let me know um, so that I have enough food, Mm. but I I, I bring hoagies. And extra Bibles. So if you don't have a Bible, you can. I'll give you one. But we get together. We have a little bite to eat. We read some scripture. Uh, we've got some great guys that uh, are both spiritual mentors and and fishing guides. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you've never fished before, it's a great way to learn. Yeah. yeah. And so we do it every every Friday night. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, that's been a lot of fun. And I've had some churches in different parts of the country say, "Hey." can you help us get this set up? And so I developed a little program where I come and I'll talk to you about, I'll talk to the congregation about creation and fly fishing and mm-hmm. sort of try to prove creation right. through fly fishing because when you really look at it, there's no other way it could happen. Right. And, uh, and then we sort of organize it. We take a lot of men's groups, take mm-hmm. them fishing. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's a great way to... Uh, to fellowship, it's a great way to share Jesus with somebody who is not a believer. But I think just as important, it's great for believers, men, to and women, but mo- it's mostly for men. It's great for men to have 
I don't want to say mentors, but uh, brothers. Accountability partners. Accountabilities, brothers. Um, I, I had a guy call me on the way up here. He's, uh, he's a brother in Christ, and he's, he's dealing with a guy that just got out of prison. You know, so we, we help each other. Yeah. And yeah. We, we keep each other in the book. And to me, uh, on, a, on a larger scale, it's probably not the direction you're going. I think the big, a big threat to our church today is false doctrine. Mm, oh, definitely. And, and the way you get around that is you keep your nose in that book. Yeah. And yeah. you study the word and you study it with like-minded people. Um, maybe you do it on the stream. You yep. know, but you got to stay in the word. Yep. So that's 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 my mission in life right now is to is to uh, share Jesus with as many people as I can, believers and non-believers, and teach them how to fish. Yeah, that's a great mission, and that's one that I've been, you know, striving for here lately too. And so hopefully, I think we're going to connect on some stuff yeah. here. And yeah, for sure. Get together. So that's going to be great, and you know, and that's going to help me. It's going to help you it's going to help me right to both of us to grow in the lord and and that's one of the big things that i think is lacking in america right now especially oh for sure with all the politics and everything going on in life like we don't have good leaders stepping up and for sure and you know good godly leaders and yeah there's there's nothing good that comes to a society from turning god out of it right and and we're doing that we and, very much are and uh you know i look at my my son's school he's going into the fifth grade next year and there's an L, lgbt room in in the middle school right you know that's scary yes when when you know i'm not going to get too political but when when that sort of thing starts to creep in to the schools you know which right. way we're headed and uh so we need we need to be strong yeah and and again like i'm not this podcast is completely different than anything we've ever did. And, and I wanted to do it. I wanted a way to share my faith and you were a good way, you know, for us, for dad and I to, uh, to get on here and, and share how the Lord has blessed our shop and that kind of stuff. So like, I'm glad we got to do this podcast, but also like, I don't know where I want to go with what I'm saying here, but you know, it's all fishing related. This podcast was all about the Lord and about fishing and how the two of them tie together. And I don't want you to get distracted. And, you know, if you get mad and don't listen to this podcast again, because we had you on here, you know, that's, that's between you and the Lord, not between me. So, right. You know, we just, uh, thank you for coming on here and, uh, sharing with what you do. And I, I want to give you a chance. Is there any questions you have for, for Eric? Mm, no, I, uh, I don't other than, uh, I know you talked about getting saved, and uh, you said about your boys, and uh, yeah, it, that's not been too long ago. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> about two years ago. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I I haven't seen you in that amount of time, and just seeing you today, I can see the difference in your life. Yeah, but I have a whole different story. Like Sean said, I was born and raised in a Christian home. I accepted the Lord when I was five years old. So I lived wow. that life my whole life. I I didn't, I never was in the bars. I never drank. I never smoked. I never done any of that stuff. And people say, oh, you missed a lot. 
I didn't miss anything. <laughs> I did it all. You didn't miss anything. Yeah, that's what everybody that did it all tells you. Yeah. You didn't miss anything. Right. Uh, but, yeah, it's just uh, if you live your life to serve the Lord and try each minute of every day to yeah. please the Lord, you will not believe the happiness that you'll have in your life. Oh, yeah, it, it's freeing. Um, and I can't tell you, you know, for those of you listening to this that uh you might be rolling your eyes right now and that that is perfectly normal it actually says in this book i've got my bible right in front of me says in this book that when you are not part of the kingdom this this it's all foolishness yeah yeah but i can think back to probably 10 or 15 people in my lifetime that tried to share jesus with me Mm -hmm. that i rolled my eyes yeah yeah you know and regeneration is an act of God. It's when he touches you. And when he does that, it's going to turn a stone in you. And, you know, one person out there today listening to this, this might, this might turn a thought. Yeah. You know, and, and if it does, then that made it all, it was a success, but your belief and your faith and your purpose here, is all centered around this. Yep. Whether you know it or not, you might not be aware of that right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're all going in the ground. Yeah, We're all going to be six feet deep. Mm-hmm. If you want to walk out of that hole, there's only one way. Yeah, And it's through Jesus. And when I realized that, you know, just a real quick story. When I came to Jesus, I promised him, I said, I will bring my family to you. I didn't know how I was going to do it. My wife on the intelligence scale, I'm about a three. My wife is a 10. Mm -hmm. And we never spoke God's name in my house unless it was in vain. (laughs) Okay. I didn't know how I was going to do that. And the first time I said to her, she said to me, there's something different about you. And she didn't like it. Mm -hmm. Did not like it one bit. And I said, well, I'm in the Bible. I'm reading the Bible. And she just went nuts, right? Mm-hmm. I thought, Lord, I don't know how this is going to work. He had a plan. Within two weeks of that, she got called out on a business trip to Nashville, Tennessee. Called me in the middle of the night and was converted. Oh, wow. Hmm. Somebody else. Yeah. yeah. The Lord used somebody else yeah. to hit her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. And so within months, she and I were both saved and it changed our house tremendously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know. Now I've got kids that won't go to bed without saying their prayers, and and uh, it's it's just it is the way to live. It is, and um, I hope that everyone listening to this finds that purpose in their life. That. Yeah, I, I really do, and it's 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 my mission. I, I want to introduce it to everyone. Not everyone's going to take it. It even no. says right here that they're not going to. Right. Yeah. But you know what? It's it's our job as as Christians right. to spread it. Yeah. And uh, I intend to do that. Yeah. There's lots of people out there that say they're Christians. That's right. But unless you have had a personal relationship with God. That's right. And ask him to come into your heart and lead your life. That's right. You're not a Christian. You need to think about that. That's <laughs> right. That's right. You know, and it's, it's all verifiable by the fruit. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. So, well, this was a really great show, really off topic for us here on the show, you know, 
not there was still topic of nymph fishing, so we're all yep. good for everybody. <laughs> and uh, we really enjoyed having you on, and and I think we'll probably have you on again, discuss some other stuff, or we'll, who knows where it'll lead us to. Right. So uh, tell us where we can find you on your social media and that kind of stuff. You know, I I had pretty much let everything go as far as my website and everything. I just uh, I'm on Facebook. Um, just under my name. I also have a Facebook page called The Foundational Man. Okay. Uh, you, can, you can get on there. And I do a Bible study every day, 6 a.m. every morning. I read scripture. Um, and then uh, Saturday mornings at 7 a.m., we talk about it. Okay. So it, it, everybody's welcome. It's a, it's a private group, though, because Facebook will shut you down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, it, it, but you know, all you got to do is get on, get on, and ask to join, and uh, I'll put you in. But it's it's great, you know. I like I said, I'm a firm believer. You've got to stay in the book, and you've got to read it. And uh, so right now, I'm in a, a month long study of Romans, mm. and we're we're reading that. And um, tomorrow morning, we'll seven a.m. We'll we'll talk about it. All right. So yeah, just. Get on Facebook. I'm there. Yeah, and uh, be patient because sometimes it takes days for him to respond. Well, I, <laughs> your your message was from what January 10th, <laughs> something like that. That was that was one of the pages. I have Strout fly fishing. I think that's how you got a hold of me. I believe through that. Yeah, yeah. and I didn't realize that the notifications you had to actually look at them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm not that technologically advanced, but I'm getting there. I, I struggle with that too because. The whole singer's fly shop messages don't always come up in notifications for me. That's what I'm going to blame this yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. So I, st I have to physically look at the fly shop one. Yeah. yeah. But I had to laugh because I, I was telling Tracy who you were. And she's like, yeah. I, re I remember that name. And I said, do you remember when we lived in Spruce Creek and a yeah. guy was bringing me flies to look yeah, at? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it was great to catch up with you oh, guys. Yeah. yeah. I'm it glad was. we got back together again. And I, I appreciate um your courage and and being able to do something like this right and and get it out there and you know praise jesus man that's right amen all right well i think we're going to end it with that one and uh thank eric for coming again and i'm sure we're going to have him back on so until next week you can find us on our you know all our channels with stitcher apple Wherever you listen to your podcast at, I'm probably there. And like us on Facebook and Instagram. So we have pages there where we share all our podcasts at. So thanks for watching, everybody, or listening, I guess. I'm used to my YouTube videos. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Bugs and Beard Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by WholesingersFlyShop.com. Head on over to the website for all your fly fishing and fly tying needs. Plus, you can also find a link there to the Wholesingers Fly Shop YouTube channel. The channel is full of information with over 250 videos covering fly tying and fly fishing techniques geared towards making your time on the water more enjoyable. From all of us here at the Bugs and Beard Podcast, we hope you will subscribe to our channel and tune in next week as we discuss the sport we love so well. Until next time, get out there on the water in tight lines.